us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Glad you guys are here. It, our first time in this warm building. There's no wind that's going to get us. Um, you know, I just want to reiterate, um, this is because of you guys. Um, this is because God used you to bless this group um, and really, oh, thank you. Really, I think has, has knit together kind of a cool group. As Kara shared, last week was evidence. Everybody showed up to go out on a windy, cold day to serve. Um, and some of us were uncomfortable with this. Some of us didn't really want to do it, and that's okay. Um, but you guys showed up, so, so thank you. I see a, new, a few new faces, so just to, to catch you up, okay? This is our seventh or eighth week meeting together. We're still pre-launch, technically. So Common Ground is going to launch at Easter, um, or probably the week before Easter. We're still pre-launch, which means we're still kind of getting ready um, as what would be called a launch team. This is a launch team. Uh, we have our leadership team that is kind of like an elder board making decisions um, at the moment. And this is, this is the launch team. So if you choose to be part of this group, you're part of the launch team, meaning when we launch in Easter, this is the group that's going to go, okay, when, when the non-believers start streaming in or the new believers, we're the ones that get to grab them, pull them into our lives, disciple them, train them, love them, take care of them. We're the ones going to go reach this community together. And as people come back with us, we're going to disciple them. We're going to train them. We're a team. So that's why it's called a team, launch team. It'll be different once we launch. You know, it'll be different. There will be visitors coming in and that's okay we're going to go there's going to be people checking it out there's going to be new believers if there's not i'm going to quit <laughs> i'm not kidding <laughs> i don't know what the time frame is but but we are we are here we're going to talk about this some today but we're here to reach our community and so once we do that god is going to bless it and our time that we're doing now until even easter is still training. So some things will be a little different at times, but the goal is that we're ready. We understand who we are as a group. We understand who God is. We understand who the church is. We're going to start um, no service next week. Okay, hang out with, with family. Um, the following week, we're starting another series on the church. What's the church about? What's the leadership to be doing? What's everybody else's role in the church? I'm really looking forward to it. But we're kind of setting the, the foundation um, for, for who we're going to be. And we are recording these. They're going online on our podcast. So as people come in, we can point them to some of these. That's our foundation. That's where we're starting. Um, but that just kind of catches you up, gives you an idea. You're here, some of you. This is our, our first week here. Uh, Dan did a lot of work. Kara did a lot of work. My in a lot of people here did a lot of work. So um, I just want to pray one more time and kind of kind of bless this building and thank God for it. <sighs> Father, uh, we live in a world where, where there's a lot going on. Um, the world hasn't changed a lot. The world is still evil. It's set against you, and you've put your church here to change the world. Um, and we're part of that. Father, you have a plan for Carson City. We, we thank you for that. God, I, I pray for those um, involved in attacks overseas. Father, over there in Paris um, and elsewhere, God, there's, there's warfare going on, spiritual warfare that becomes physical warfare at times. I just pray that you will strengthen your church. God, I thank you uh, that we get to gather here in this building. Father, it's warm. Um, church is not about a building, but it's nice to be where it's warm, <laughs> where, where the roof's not going to blow away on us. So, so I just thank you, God. It's all for you. It's all because of you. It's because of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us that we can now live. Um, that's why we gather. We gather to worship you. We gather to
to be your servant. So thank you for this. I beg, let this be the base of operations for, um, for a movement in this city and in the cities around it for your gospel, Father, um, working with the other churches around to make a difference. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you're a note taker and you don't have notes but you want one, raise your hand. There's a couple extra floating around. So if you're a note, don't be shy. If you're a note taker and you don't have notes, Billy. Here, there's three. Anybody else that's a note taker? If you're not a note taker, that's okay. Don't feel like because we go through all this work to make this, that you have to use it. Um, the, the truth is we learn different ways. So if you're not a note taker, that's okay. No big deal. Um, if you're like, like me, I really like taking notes in the Bible. So Because next time I look at that passage, I can write in there. I can, I can see what I learned before. But we're going to be in Acts. Um, Acts chapter 1. It's page 628. So if you have one of these Bibles, it's page 628. If you don't have a Bible and you want one, raise your hand. This is our gift to you. Don't worry, they were like two bucks on Amazon. Um, anybody want one of these? These are handy because each week we refer to the page number. You don't have to look in the index. Um, good. My daughter did not bring her Bible to church. Neither did my son. So. Oh my goodness. All right, page 629. It's page 629. It's about this spot. Look at my Bible. It's about like that. Right, right in there. That's about where we're at. Page 629, Acts 1-8. Um, if, if you have one of our, our bulletins there, you see on the front we have announcements. But there's our mission statement right there. And we, we've talked about it quite a bit. But our mission is to expand the kingdom of God in our lives and the world around us. That's really our way of phrasing the Great Commission. The Great Commission is, uh, you know, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. Our way of saying that really is uh, to expand the kingdom of God in our lives and the world around us. As God grows in us, it flows out, and then He will reach the world around us. Now, this week I was blessed. I, I got to be at a meeting where one of my seminary professors actually was visiting, and he gave a, a, a talk from Liberty University, Liberty Seminary. Um, he's a professor of evangelism. And he said kind of repeatedly, he said, the mission of the church is to carry out the Great Commission at any cost. I thought, that's a really good way of putting it. The mission of the church is to carry out the Great Commission at any cost, which is to make disciples, which includes evangelism, which includes training and, and gathering together and, and all this. It includes a lot of that. But the question is... And this is one that, that, that gets me, is if the mission of the church is to carry out the Great Commission at any cost, why are we failing? And that, you know, if you're like me, there's a little bit of a, what do you mean we're failing? Um, uh, the Pew Research Center, you know, sometimes we look up all these different stats, but Christianity uh, dropped in the 80s by 10%. In the 80s, Christianity in America dropped 10%. In the 90s, it dropped another 12%. It's dropped roughly 7% in the last 10 years. Christianity continues to go down. 1,000 churches are planted every year in the U.S. 4,000 churches close their doors every year in the U.S. Do, do the math on that. We're, we're, going, we're going backwards. You know, and a lot of what we're doing here is initiated by the idea that here in Carson City, 7% attend an evangelical church. 7%. 93% unchurched, roughly. Um, so, why are we failing? And here, I'm going to offend some of you, and it's offensive to me too. Come on. 
<laughs> okay, Richard. We're failing because the church has the wrong strategy. And it's had the wrong strategy for decades. Now, bear with me before you get mad. Um, in general, the strategy of the American church has been, we're going to get a building. We have a building. <laughs> we're going to get a building. We're going to get a really charismatic speaker, teacher that is kind of funny and, you know, and can get deep or not, whatever, whoever we're going for. So we'll get this pastor to teach. We'll get a really good worship band and, and get that going. And then we'll tell everybody where we're at and we're going to be the best show in town, the best Christian show, church on Sunday, and people will come to us. And so it's kind of that thing. Here we are, do the best we can, do it better than the other churches, and then we're going to add people to our congregation. That's in general been the way it's done. And that, the way it was done before was the music is hymns and things. Now my generation came in, we're going to do all this better, now we do rock music. But it's the same strategy. The same strategy is we're going to do it better than everybody else, come to us. And it's not biblical. But that doesn't mean that we should be judgmental of the way we were brought up, most of us, or, or, or what churches are doing now, because it's worked. <laughs> Why did they do that strategy? It worked. We lived in a, in a Christian nation where in general people felt the idea we should go to church. And so they would go look for a church. So it actually worked to get a good speaker, get, get good music, and say, here we are, and you could fill the room. It worked. But we're becoming more and more a non-Christian nation, and it's not working anymore. That strategy has never really worked anywhere else in the world other than the U.S., maybe Europe before. But that strategy doesn't work because it's not God's strategy. And so now we need to go back to the Word and go, okay, our country is turning a corner. It's turned a corner. It's going the other way. What's the plan? And what's cool is there is a shift going on in Christianity in, in the U.S. There is a shift taking place, not only in church plants, but in existing churches. Um, and it's really exciting because they're going back to the Word, going, what we've been doing isn't working anymore, so what do we do? And that's what we're looking at today. If you see, um, our, this sermon is called Vision Cast, Churching Our City. Uh, we're going to look at one verse, Acts 1.8. Because I believe here we get an idea of the strategy God has to, to impact the world. To expand His kingdom. That's our mission. To expand the kingdom. To carry out the Great Commission. God has a strategy. And we're not going to be able to cover all of it today. There's so much involved. But we've already started talking about it. You know, you see on your bulletin there, up, in, and out. We focus on this relationship first. Remember, anything we do of value for God is simply an overflow of what God's already doing in us. So we don't just go get active and take groceries. We connect and we abide in Jesus. And then that flows through us. So we've got to have this. And then we have this going on. But what is the strategy? So look with me, if you would, Acts 1.8. And I would say this is God's strategy to save the world. Um, before, we, before we read that verse, get the context. Okay, Jesus has died. Jesus is speaking in Acts 1.8. Um, we don't have the red letters in this Bible, but it's Jesus speaking. Uh, he, he died. He rose again. He spent 40 days wandering around, telling people, teaching them about the kingdom. We've talked about that before. So that's, Jesus' last words were teaching about the kingdom, not about, you know, building a church, <laughs> not about just getting saved, not the gospel of just get saved and now you do nothing until you go to heaven and yay, you're in heaven, but the gospel of the kingdom, an ever-expanding kingdom. And so he was teaching on that, and then he's meeting with the disciples right before he ascends into heaven, and he gives them some last words. Now, he, he had told that, they had asked him, they said, so is the kingdom now? They wanted the kingdom, meaning Jesus as king on the throne, you know, in Jerusalem, set up. They wanted that. And Jesus basically said, none of your business. <laughs> it's not yet. You know, I'm not telling you when I'm coming back, when we're setting that up. But I am coming back, and until then, you have a mission. 
So here's Acts 1-8 where they, they get a little bit of an idea of the strategy they're going to carry out and they're going to be very successful. Acts 1-8 says this. Again, Jesus speaking to the disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Father in heaven, um, I thank you that the church, um, all of this is not based on our creativity, um, but it's based on you. Father, you are the power. You are the one that loves others more than we do, Father. So thank you for that. Thank you that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just so you know, we're still figuring out. How th- this is our first Sunday. So now we know. We can hear the kids stuff. That's all right. <laughs> we'll work on that. But you know what? That's, that's what's exciting about this group. It's not about being comfortable. It's, it's about the mission. It's about what we're doing. Um, so look here. Acts 1.8. This is, this is sort of the strategy. But there's one thing that I want to, to notice first. Acts 1.8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Here's our first big point. Here's the first strategy that we have to look at. What's the Holy Spirit going to do? He said He's going to come upon you. Jesus had told the disciples, go back to Jerusalem and wait for me. Wait for me. Basically, go and wait. Don't do anything else. Don't even try the mission yet. Go wait for me to come visit you, for me to send the, the Holy Spirit of power. We, we, uh, we need to understand this a little bit. We've been talking about our relationship up. But this is really the foundation. Jesus in us. Remember, that's even on our hand out there. Uh, Jesus is the essence of transformation. We want to change life. It's Jesus in us. That's what it is. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you realize that if you by faith have accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, you say, I believe you died on the cross. By the way, very cool cross, Dan. Um, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins took all the penalty, rose again and ascended, and you say, I believe that, and I will give my life to you now. I will follow you. You place your faith in If you've done that, the Holy Spirit has come to live in you. Do you know that? <laughs> Do you realize that? Amen. Amen. The living God wants to be as close to you as is not even humanly possible, beyond humanly possible. He wants to be intimate with you. He loves you, and He even likes you. Do you know? He likes you. He has accepted you, not because you're good, not because you're talented. He has accepted you because Jesus has exchanged His life for yours. The death we should have died, He died. The life we should have lived, He lived. And now He just exchanged it. And so when Jesus looks at us, if by faith we've accepted Jesus as Lord, we are part of his family. We are adopted as sons and daughters and he loves you and he accepts you. How cool is that? Don't we all want to be accepted? (laughs) I remember being in high school, I want to be accepted. I would do dumb things to be accepted. In in a marriage, don't we just want to be accepted by our partner as we are? Not always changed. I'm working on myself, Callie. (laughs) But God accepts you. Doesn't mean we're okay with sin, remember? We accept everybody where they're at, but we love them too much to leave them there. You're accepted. I want you to look with me. And let's do turn here. John chapter 14, real quick. Turn to the left in your Bible. John 14. It is page 622. 
I'm going to read John 14, 15 through 18 real quick. It says this. This is Jesus speaking again. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit who will indwell us. He said, I will ask the Father. Jesus asked the Father. We get the Holy Spirit. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. He wasn't in them at the time. He said He dwells with you. In the future, He's going to be in you. Verse 18, He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In these verses, we see the Holy Spirit is going to indwell you. Past tense for those of us who have placed faith in Jesus. And Jesus says, and I will come to you. The Holy Spirit is in us. Jesus is in us. Now look forward at verse 23, John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have Jesus in you, and you have the Father in you. You have the Holy Trinity residing inside your body. Do you get that? That's the big deal. That's why this is our first point. What is God's strategy to reach this world? Indwell you. This is in your notes right there. When you place your faith in Jesus as Lord, you are united in a very real and intimate way, and it is very real, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's your filling. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <coughs> this is where we start because this is where it hits our heart. <laughs> God loves us and He's united with us. If we don't get that, we're going to be ineffective reaching our community. But strategy one, what is God's strategy one? Indwell believers. God's strategy to change the world is number one, indwell believers. That's you and me. When that happens, life begins for us. You remember that? You remember when your life began? If you're in here and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus as Lord, your life can begin today. All you have to do is, is pray. All you have to do is accept what He did and place your faith there. Then life begins. Then life of joy, peace that you never could have had before, and purpose. And a lot of us, we want a purpose, don't we? Well, here's, here's that big purpose. Now, look at Acts 1.8 again. We're back to Acts. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I want you to notice something. And this is, I actually debated even starting with this. When you became a Christian, you probably realized that the Holy Spirit indwelled you. And you have a mission. The Great Commission. And you think that it's up to me to go do this. But here's something that we often miss. And I've missed it a lot in my life. This you in Acts 1.8 is actually very literally y'all. Jesus was Southern. He said, y'all will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon y'all. And y'all will be my witnesses. This wasn't individual. The indwelling is individual. Absolutely. Each of us is individually indwelled. The mission is to y'all. The mission is to everybody. So your faith, although very personal, isn't private. The whole, my private relationship, that's an American thing. It's a Western thing. I, this is my relationship with God. I don't need church. I don't need people. Just me and God. I go have my Bible. No, he meant it to be a y'all thing. You know, we're going to be talking about the church. That's our next series, the church. But he meant us to do this together. And so he sends us together. You all will receive power. 
The power of the Holy Spirit comes on the church corporately. We have way more power together than we do by ourselves. But the power is not you and I. The power is the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that. But strategy two, right there. Empower the community of believers. That's the strategy. Indwell them and then empower the community, the group. Empower the group. If you remember at Pentecost, that's when the Holy Spirit first came upon the disciples. And it wasn't just the 12 apostles. There were, I believe, 70 in there, roughly. Maybe it was 120. How many was it? 70 or 120? It was one of the two. <laughs> but they were in a room praying, and the Holy Spirit descended, and tongues of fire rested over each one. It showed that each one was individually indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But then they went out collectively and they preached. Peter gave the main sermon, but the rest were preaching too in different languages. And that day thousands came to Christ. So they were individually indwelled. They were corporately sent together. Y'all will receive power. Now let's talk about that word power. If you've heard a sermon on Acts 1-8, you've probably heard this. That, that Greek word is the one we translate dynamite. Y'all will receive dynamite. <laughs> When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What do we use dynamite for? <laughs> Blowing up things. In general, what is, here in America, what is probably the biggest thing dynamite's used for? What, what do you think? Building. Building, yeah. Building things. Probably making roads. Isn't it? Roads and, you know, changing the landscape. Here's the point. Dynamite changes a landscape. It does. Dynamite changes a landscape. So... Anybody got a lighter? <laughs> dynamite changes the landscape. If the church is called dynamite, a collection of believers is called dynamite, what's that mean? We're supposed to change the landscape. We collectively, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is supposed to change the landscape. Just like this, you light it, you throw it. Well, this is candles. Um, James, this looks great. Good job making that. Um, but this is the church. Okay? We, we so often think that we as a church, you know, we're, we're passive. We go to church. We study our Bibles. We be nice to everybody. And that's all. That's good. Do that. But do you realize the power that dwells within you? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead? We should sing that song. That's a good song. But the power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in y'all. <laughs> in all of us. Dynamite changes the landscape. As dynamite changes the landscape, the church should change the landscape of culture, of society, of people's lives. That's our big point today. We're going to change the landscape. We're going to change the landscape. We're called to this city. Um, do we have a picture of, of a sparkler? Often we think of that as our Christian life, don't we? <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> you, you know? Um, and that's where we stop. We let our light shine. Now, when I was a kid growing up in Colorado, um, we didn't have access to really good fireworks. We had sparklers. So, 4th of July was fine, but it's like, whee, I can write my name, you know. And then, I went to California for school, and we went to Mexico, and everything's legal in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, so, we went down, and it was, it was, I was a freshman in college. It was me and I think 10 other guys went camping on the beach in Mexico. It was like six-year-olds with no mommies. <laughs> because we went to this corner store, <laughs> and we loaded, we're, I mean, all of us are like this, look at these fireworks, how much is that? 18 pesos, how much is that? Who cares? You know? And so, so we go back to our campsite, and we're just blowing stuff up. So I never had Roman candles growing up. We had a Roman candle fight. <laughs> Don't ever do that. 
One of my friends had a mustache and it got singed off. Another one got one stuck in their ear. Then we found the bottle rockets. And so people are shooting those and then somebody lit a bottle rocket. It's like, whoop. <laughs> you know, we're shooting those. But the best was we found M60s. You know, M60s and then M80s. And those things explode. Those are like little little pieces of dynamite and we found a dead bird and we cut one open, put it in, <laughs> you know. We found bucket lids and we taped them to the bucket lid and then lit it and we're like, okay, throw! And it would explode in the air. But one we found was an M1000. I, I don't know if that's, but it was, it was like this big. It was like a little stick of dynamite and we brought that one home. I don't know why. We brought it home and we ended up setting it off in the park. <laughs> And so everybody was in the car. I think I was the one that lit it. And we put it in a tree and lit it and just ran and sat in the car watching. Boom! And then we left. <laughs> Get an idea of dynamite. You know, again, I was used to blowing up anthills as a kid with the firecrackers, and that was fun. Now I've got an M80, and we put it under a bucket. What will happen if we put it under a bucket in our backyard? Again, still a freshman in college. Or we put it there, light it, boom! Blows the bucket over the house. All the way over. Dynamite's powerful. That's the point. Dynamite's powerful. A sparkler is not, not so powerful. Dynamite's powerful. We are powerful because God is powerful and He lives in us and He wants to do something through us. The power, the power is the Holy Spirit based on the love God has for us. That's where it begins. Never forget that cross. Kara would not let us have a service until we hung up a cross. So, it starts there though. It's true. It starts there with what Jesus did. So, where are we at? <laughs> Sorry, so exciting. Um, strat, there we go. <laughs> um, as dynamite changes the landscape, we're supposed to change the landscape. Prove it. Remember uh, Paul in Ephesus. Paul was in Ephesus and a riot broke out. The riot broke out because Paul and his preaching and the Christians were changing the, uh, the culture and so the idol makers were going, we can't let this happen. People are going to stop buying our idols. They're going to follow God and stop buying them. So a riot broke out. They were going to kill Paul. They had to drag Paul out of the city. Paul wanted to go back in. They said, no, you can't go back into the city. We want to protect you. This was all because the Holy Spirit was changing the landscape and people were changing. It was changing the economy. There was a whole chunk of the economy that was going to go out of business. And of course, what do we do when our pockets are impacted? We, we stand up. Paul impacted that community. Um, if you remember... Philip. Um, Philip was in uh, Thessalonica. Um, Acts 17.6. There's Philip, there's others. Uh, Acts 17.6 says this. It's referring to Jason. I'm sorry, Philip was elsewhere. My bad. Um, but they began dragging Jason, not one of the twelve disciples, by the way, somebody else that caught the vision and, and got on board. Um, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have upset the world have come here also. The, ru the, the rumor about Christians is that they upset the world. <laughs> That's what, that was their accusation. Well, what'd they do wrong? They're upsetting the world. They're like dynamite. They're turning the world upside down. It's changing. Christianity, when it began, turned the world upside down. Eventually, an emperor became a Christian. And then everything changed. You know, Constantine turned to follow Christ. Maybe. <laughs> Could have been political. But it changed everything. Then Christianity became legal. It became the religion of the state. And it got easy. It got easy. They moved into buildings. And they built these nice buildings. And they got comfortable. And uh, pretty soon, dynamite. They weren't dynamite anymore. 
Time went on and gradually, gradually lost power as they got comfortable and complacent with, with who they were. Now, let's not be too judgmental. There's always a remnant. There's always a faithful remnant going for Christ. There always is. God always has those that haven't capitulated to the church at times in history. You know, the, the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages has a horrible reputation, but there were those that were still going, even within the Catholic Church. There's always been those. But they started to lose it. Now, what about now? I heard a story this week. Um, Bedrock Community Church in Bedford, uh, Virginia. Um, Bedford Community Church, they wanted, there was a big problem with pregnancy. I think their city had the, the highest rate of teen pregnancy. Um, things were not going well in their city. They said, we're going to make a difference. So they tried to get into the schools and do boys and girls clubs and things like that for, for kids after school. The schools wouldn't let them in. So they went and they rented out um, some building in town. They rented that out. And within just a couple years, they were having such an impact on the city. Uh, everybody was recognizing what was going on. Three years in, uh, the guy who was leading it was walking through the grocery store or whatever and came across, I think, a principal or a superintendent of the schools, the one who said, you can't come into our schools. And he said, oh, we're so excited about what you guys have been doing. He said, yeah, well, we can't find a place to meet. We got kicked out of there, and so we're not sure it's going to continue. That guy said, yeah, you wait a minute. He goes back to the school board, gets it all changed, said, we need these people in. So now they move into the schools. Now it's free, and they're in there. But they changed their community to, to a point where the city officials and people are standing up going, we need these people. We need this church in our town. We need them doing it, and we're going to give them stuff so they can do it. It still happens. Common ground. Down in Arizona, you know, Common Ground is our planting church. They're now in Vegas, planting in Vegas. But when they were in Arizona, they got awards in the community for community impact. <laughs> they got city awards. Not just spiritual, you know, religious church awards. They got the city recognized, you guys are making a difference in our city and here's an award for it. The church can still be dynamite. It can still be dynamite. And we can still be dynamite. So, look at the strategy, if you would, back. Um, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon y'all and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the next point. We will be a witness. Um, I think this was in your notes. The presence of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit should change the landscape of a city. I'm not sure if we got that one. But it's, we got that one? Okay. Strategy three. The church will be sent corporately to be a witness to Jesus. That's our witness. Look at Acts 1.8. The church will be sent corporately to be a witness to Jesus. We're not sent to be a witness to us. We're not sent to be a witness to a church. Common ground or any other church. We're sent to be a witness to the person of Jesus. You will go witness of me. What does a witness do? They tell what they saw. Picture a courtroom. When a, a witness gets up, what do they do? They simply respond to the questions. Well, what did you see? Well, I saw this. Well, what happened? Well, this happened. They just state what happened. That's us. We just state what we know about Jesus and what we've seen Him do. That's what a witness does. What is your best witness? I'll tell you. Your best witness is what has God done in you? Yeah. What have you seen Jesus do in your life? What were you before you knew Jesus? What were you after? That's your greatest witness. Figure out a way to tell that in 60 seconds. And you'll stir people's interest. And they might invite you over for dinner. And it, it, but, but think of, but we're to be a witness. We share what Jesus has done for us. Now, that's the first part. But ultimately, we've got to share what Jesus did on the cross, too. We've got to share that. We've got to share who Jesus is, the Son of God, who died on the cross. But that's our mission, okay? You will receive power, y'all. 
sent corporately to be a witness. Isn't it easier going to a door when there's two of you? <laughs> we go together. We go together. So you, uh, we are sent corporately. Now we're going to see the fourth strategy. Um, I think we have a picture. Actually, one more point on that. He says, you will be a witness. It's not optional. <laughs> Jesus just kind of makes a statement of what's going to happen. He doesn't say, if you feel like it, you'll be a witness. He says, you will receive power and you will be a witness. Why? I told you so. <laughs> I told you to. But it's, it's from our heart, isn't it? When we get to know what he's done for us, it comes from our heart. Um, but here's a, a map. Do we have a map of... There we go. So he, here's the strategy. He says, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to receive power. The Spirit's going to indwell you. And you're going to be my witness. You're going to go tell what I've done together, corporately. And you're going to do it in Jerusalem. That's where they were. They were in Jerusalem. You're going to do it in Jerusalem. Then you're going to do it in Judea. You're going to move outward. Then you're going to do it in Samaria. Then you're going to do it to the uttermost ends of the earth. God told them, you're going to do this, but don't stay at home. <laughs> Start at home. And us, moms, dads, it starts in our house. But us, common ground, church, it starts in our city. It starts in Carson City. Our Jerusalem is Carson City. Do you get that? Our Judea is maybe Nevada. Our Samaria is the United States. The uttermost ends of the earth is Czech Republic, is, is Russia, is wherever we will be going. By the way, I'm talking to Kevin in Czech, so if anybody wants to go to Czech in the, this winter... February, maybe. Um, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but this is, this is the method. But what do, we, what do we do? And I don't want to be too critical. This shouldn't be a criticism of American church. This should be hopeful and encouraging. But American church, typically, we get together and we get a holy huddle and we love each other. I like being with you guys. You're comfortable. Out there it gets uncomfortable. And so we get together and we're like, we're good. We're good. <laughs> and so we don't move on. We don't move out. But he said, no, you begin at home, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As you read through Acts, you'll notice something. It focuses on the, the disciples, the 12 apostles in general, in Jerusalem. And then it moves to Paul, who takes it everywhere else. Some, some and I can't say I agree with it, but some have said the disciples didn't, those 12, they didn't really do what they were told to do. They all stayed together in Jerusalem. And so God's like, okay, what am I going to do? I got all these fishermen um, that are they're just doing this. You know, I'm going to go get the elite of the elite. Paul, he was the, the upper escalon educated in rabbi, and he was a goer, he was a tent maker. So I'm going to take him, because he's going to go, and he just won't quit. <laughs> you know, but obviously, the, the apostles, they caught the vision too. They went. You know, uh, Timothy, I, th I think he's the patron saint of, of uh, India, right? Who's the patron saint of India? I don't know. But all around the world, they claim apostles went there. And I, I believe many of them did. But that's where they went. They, they went out. So, we're talking about us. Okay? And so here's, here's a map. Alright? Um, North Carson. Okay? North, North Carson. South Carson. Minden. Garnerville. Anybody here live anywhere else? And Topaz. 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 I can't get there. That's down there. <laughs> there there's Topaz. Um, but we got Dayton. <laughs> we got Dayton. Okay. That's up there. <laughs> That's up there. Tahoe. 
<laughs> okay. So so here's just here picture with me, okay? Here's 395. We ish. We are here. Okay? Common ground. We're in this building. By the way, we're going to call this building the manger because it used to be a bookstore, the manger. We don't want to so don't say we're going to church. We're, we're going to the church. You are the church. Say you're going to the manger. It, it's going to be a word change, but as we get used to it, people are going to go, why do you call it the manger? Why don't you call it church? Because I'm the church. We're the church. Right. Okay? So here's, here's the manger where we gather to worship. Common ground. This is us. This is kind of our, our home base. Now, we have people living in North Carson. We're going to be, we've, start, we've talked about this. We're going to be starting our outpost groups this next year. Okay, And our outpost groups are just that. They're called outposts because here's home base where we're at. Here's home base. But military term, we want to expand the kingdom, right? God told us to. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to go. There is an out, a men's group at my house that meets right now. A lot of you are in it. Next week, there's a women's group starting in this room. When? A week, no, not next week because there's Thanksgiving and stuff. One week from Tuesday, okay? Ladies, this room, 10 a.m. What day? Tuesday. I said that. Okay, so, so that's starting here, okay? Um, Kara's teaching a Bible study down here in Minden at High Sierra. That's on Wednesdays at 9. That's awesome. You should go to that, ladies, men. She'll kick you out. I tried. Um, but so, but we want to plant more. Okay, we need more outpost groups. The reason why is here, this is a great location, but we're not, we're not in a community. But you all live in a community. So here's, here's mine, but we're going to reach out here, and here's one up here. But you know what? This outpost group up here in Carson is going to start. But it needs to multiply. Because that's what we do. We, we multiply. We expand the kingdom. So as this small group leader, outpost group, sorry, outpost group leader is going, recognize this. You know what? You're, you'd be a good leader. And you live a couple miles away. We're going to start another one right there. Okay? And then they're going to intentionally try and reach their neighborhood. Like we did with the food. They're going to intentionally serve and reach out and make a difference in their... Sorry. There we go. So they're going to make a difference. Um, we have, you guys are in Gardnerville. Okay? So we're going to be in Gardnerville. Um, Alex and Kelsey are going to be having a group like here. Okay? So we've got one here that's going to, and then it's going to plant down here. We're going to plant another one. You know, and, but this needs to continue to happen because as we live lives intentionally going for Christ, it's going to reproduce. Other people are going to come to Christ and our groups are going to get so big that they're going to be like, Alex and Kelsey's house doesn't fit us anymore. And Alex is going to go, you know what, I think you'd be a good leader. Let's, let's do this. Let's train. And so we, we plant another one. Eventually, listen to this. Eventually, when we've got, say, five or six here in North Carson, you know what we need to do? We need to plant a church in North Carson. And we want to do this within three years. There's a common ground in North Carson. Now, all of these guys, you're now going there. So, I don't know, I don't know who's going to pastor there. I, maybe that's one of you. Who knows what God's going to do? You, you know what I mean? But God's going to have to raise up leaders. But then, so we, we plant one there. Um, you know, East Carson, whatever. We got a bunch of groups over here, and we see there's a real need there. You know, in general, people only go so far to go to a church, don't they? And so we'll, we'll want to plant another one over here, and another one down here. Now, there's other churches doing this too, which is great. 
So we'll work together. Um, I just learned this week that Life Church in Reno is looking at North Carson to plant. Well, guess what? We'll do that together. <laughs> we'll do that as a team. We have a heart for North Carson too. So we plant that. But now, some of us are going to get called. And, and that may be through your job. You're a teacher and you're called to, you know, um, California somewhere. They need Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, California. One of you is called to California and you go there. Well, what are you going to do? Hopefully you'll find a church there and, and get part of it that is going and you join that. Or if there's not one, you're like, well, you know what? We've got to get something going. You know, again, the point isn't to move in and be critical of the other churches. Ideally, you, you go to one and you, you get it going. You'd be part of what God is already doing somewhere. But you, you look at that. When you go somewhere, God is sending you there. Even if you think that it's your job or something else, God is sending you there. Some of us are going to catch the vision, and we are, we're going to go. We're going to go on mission. We're going to go overseas. You know, Iceland. There we go. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know, boom, and, and we're going to go there. And we're not the only ones doing this. But we're doing our part. God through us is doing our part. And it, and it goes. And it, it grows. And you know what? There's strategy in how we're going to do that. And some of it's going to change. We're going to try things and it's going to fail and it's going to mess up. But the point is to church our city. The point isn't to be the best church in the city. That's not our point. The point is not to be the biggest church in the city. The, the, the point isn't to outgrow this building and have to get another one. That's not the point. The point isn't just to add. The point is to multiply, meaning new people are being saved, and then new people are being saved, and we outgrow, and we multiply, and then we, we have to start planting. So we want to church the city. We, won't, we don't want to just be the best church in the city. Does that make sense? We want everybody in the city going to church, which means that there's a struggling church in East Carson that needs help in a couple years, and we can help. We're not going to plant next door. We'll go and join them. We'll help them. You know, which means maybe some of us that live around there, you stop coming here. You start going there. And you help revitalize that church. Do you, you, you get how that, it's just a, a vision change. Yeah, and that's hard for churches to do. You know why? Because when, when some of you in North Carson start going there, where's your money going to go? There. <laughs> this is why a lot of churches struggle with that. If we let people go, we're going to lose people. And it doesn't look as good when the room's not as full. And we're going to lose money. And, and we need the money. And so it's, it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard. And there's going to be gospel goodbyes. When some of you start going somewhere else, and I don't get to see you at often. And some of you go, oh, I'm going to Africa. I have to. But th this, is, this is the strategy God gave us. You will receive power. Y'all will receive power. And you will change the landscape of the world. But you start at home. You change the landscape at home, in your neighborhood. And then you move out. And you change the world. So strategy four, I think we said it, but the church expands its testimony of Jesus from the home city outward. And this is in your notes. We have been called, we have not been called to a church. We have been called to a city, then the world. We've been called to this city, or to Gardnerville, or to Dayton. You know, we have that, that reach, that scope. That's where we're going. So, to wrap this up, looking at that, that's cool. Hey, I like that. They're outposts. <laughs> They're lookouts. There you go. They're lookouts. I like it. So, what's our application? What's our finish? Are you willing to join the mission? <laughs> you weren't saved 
just to be a good person and go to church. <laughs> you were saved so that you could be one of these little pieces of dynamite in the church and change the world. Are you willing to get uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable? Are you willing to be part of the mission? And we're going to keep working on it. We're going to keep teaching. We're going to keep learning. We're going to get in these groups together and we're going to talk about how much we fail at it. <laughs> and we're going to be encouraged because we're all going to fail a lot of times and that's okay. We're also going to share the successes, the lives we see changed, our own lives we see changed. I mean, that's so exciting when after a, a day, a bad day or whatever, you look back and go, wow, I had faith today. I just trusted God through that. This morning, I came in, we were getting the stuff, there was a couple things left to do to get ready this morning. Um, and we came in and I still hadn't gone through my notes again. I always want to go through one time and I highlight and I make some notes. I didn't get to today. Because I go back there to do something and I move one of these roof shingles and on top were these fluorescent light bulbs. They all fell down and exploded. <laughs> so that room was just full of glass. I'm like, oh, what's the priority now? Cleaning up glass? <laughs> So it took quite a while in that room, vacuuming three times and different, you know, cleaning that. Now, I could get frustrated because I need to be doing other things. I need, or I could go, you know what? And Karen and I were talking about after that, God, you knew this was going to happen. God, the power isn't my ability to teach or speak. <laughs> the ability is you. You're the power. And so we've already gone through this, haven't we, God? Yeah, we, we're good. And so I could clean that up with peace of mind, not frustrated, not angry, but that's just, and I see that change in me. That's a change God makes in me to just be accepted. Here's the situation. Derek, can you change it? No. Then why be grumpy about it? Whereas a lot of times, you know, I'd be grumpy about it. You know, stupid glass, oh, the ceiling. Who put you, you know, I can't change it. But that's something where God works on me, and it's fun as God changes you, and it's fun to watch others change. But so join, join this mission. Okay, join the mission. Be ready. Come on the weekend. Okay, we're supposed to gather together. We talked about this before. We gather as a group. We should be here. This is okay. This is great. And when our outposts begin, men, come to my house on Tuesday nights. And as we start planting other ones and we grow, go to them. Go to them and participate. <laughs> okay, because that's where life changes. We've been talking about life change for a while. But life change happens in community and in relationships when you start to open up. Then you start to change, and that's where it changes. And then when you bring others in, and they're like, this is a real, you guys are real. This is weird. <laughs> you guys, like, talk about your sin? You guys talk, and it's, and it's nice. And it's nice, and they'll come and they'll hang out. And as we talked before, people will be attracted to you and to your community before they're attracted to Jesus, probably. Here in the western U.S., that's kind of the way it goes nowadays. And so we bring people in if we're living it. Are you ready to join the mission? Are you willing to be dynamite and get uncomfortable? Let me pray and let's close in song. Heavenly Father, thank you that it's not up to us. Um, Father, if, if doing church was up to our creativity or skill, uh, we, we might actually succeed, but it wouldn't actually succeed. Father, thank you that it's up to you. Thank you that you want to build your church, that you want to change the city. You want to save lives. Um, Father, I thank you for everybody that is in this room right now. I thank you for the people that you've put. This is a really neat group. <laughs> and I'm really excited to see what you are, are doing already and what you're about to do. Uh, God, we love you. It all, it all comes back to the basis, God. I thank you. I thank you that, Lord Jesus, you came. You lived the life that we could not live. And you died the death we should have died. 
so that we could be united with the Father and we could have life. Thank you for that. Father, I do pray, if there's anybody in this room that has never done that, they're not part of the team yet, <laughs> they don't know life yet, that they would make that decision right now. Father, that they would just repeat this prayer. The prayer doesn't save, but the heart does. But they would pray this prayer, Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God. You came to earth and you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I want you to be Lord of my life. Thank you that you have forgiven me of every sin. Thank you that you will never remember my sin. <laughs> Thank you that I am now adopted as your son or daughter. And now, Lord, take my life and I will live it for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.